26-0. The State of Origin Shield is coming back to New South Wales. Welcome to Steve's NRL Footy Tips for Round 16. I'm your host, Stephen Westway. No NRL last week, but we are back for the action here in Round 16. We're going to preview all the games, and I'm going to give my predictions, but... It would be remiss if I did not discuss State of Origin Game 2, Sunday night. New South Wales, way too strong for Queensland, who couldn't even fire a shot. They kept a clean sheet against the Maroons, winning the series in the first two games and winning that match 26-0. The Blues now have a chance, wherever Game 3 will be played at, to win the series 3-0, a feat that has only been achieved seven times in State of Origin history and only three times by the Blues, the last coming in the year 2000. And all they have to do is win Game 3, New South Wales, to be the most dominant team statistically um, in NRL history in terms of margins of wins in the matches. So it's historic for sure. And the Blues, uh, what as a New South Wales supporter myself, it was such a great honour um, to be able to see that game and, and see all the hard work that the boys put together. COVID restrictions were on, so the Blues were pretty much stuck in their hotel apart from training for the whole week, and they came out there and just blew the Maroons off the park. They become the only team to win the first two games of a series away from their home and, and wrap the series up, and because of the COVID restrictions, there's talk that Game 3 will be moved from Sydney, so New South Wales won't have a typical home crowd and potentially to Canberra or Newcastle. But even if it's moved back to Queensland with the restrictions very minimal, what a historic feat it would be for the Blues to win three games in a row in an opposition state. It would be absolutely amazing. But great work by all the boys again. James Tedesco had a fantastic game. Tom Trorovich was electric as always. And Latrell Mitchell came up with a couple of huge plays, especially in that first half. The game was on the line. Um, it was 6-0 to the Blues at the time, and Queensland on attack, and then Latrell Mitchell takes a 100-meter intercept and outpaces Dane Gagai and scores all the way down the other end, which made it 12-0, and before that, he had a big one-on-one strip moment as well, which got the Blues in attack, and that's where they managed to score their first try, so um, great performance by Latrell Mitchell, we'll see if he can carry that over the club form like all these other Blues stars, but obviously the big news coming from that State of Origin match is that Nathan Cleary... Uh, I believe it was a uh, a separation to his shoulder, and he's seen specialists this week and, and gotten scans on the shoulder injury, and it looks like he will be able to avoid surgery until the end of the season. So he will be back on board by all reports at some point for the year in the year for Penrith. He will probably miss the next three to six weeks at least, but Panthers fans should be happy that they'll get him back on for, board for the finals. So we'll see how that affects them. They've got a huge game against uh, the Parramatta Eels tomorrow night. We've got, obviously, a lot of games to preview, and we're about to get into my footy tips for round 16. But before we do so, with Cleary out, the question's getting asked, who does New South Wales replace Nathan Cleary with in the halfback role? There's several different routes they could take, and there's really three options when you look at it from a Blues perspective. Option A is the simplest, and that is to put Jack Wyden into the starting 5-8 position and move Jerome Luai into the halfback role. Brad Fittler will be reluctant to change his side that has dominated the last two games, so this could be a likely option for the coach. However, Jerome Luai is such a uh, a ball, uh, a running half, uh, and so is Jack Wyden. His game management skills aren't, you know, to the extent of a Nathan Cleary. So it'll be interesting to see if they go that tactic because we don't want Luai changing from his natural game that has seen him dominate the first two games of the Origin Series, but you need a level head there. And if they think he can do that um, and they can still get success with Wyden being that running half, then by all means, um, let the two B 
being the halves and play their natural game. So that's one option the Blues have. Their second option is to bring in Mitchell Moses, who is a player that, you know, he's been really good for Parramatta over a number of years. But in my opinion, he goes missing when it comes to big game opportunities. And he's been out to prove that theory wrong in 2021. And he's done a pretty good job so far. But for me, you just look at Parramatta's final record and it's been pretty horrendous since Mitchell Moses has been the club. And with all fairness, the Eels weren't making the finals before he got there. But uh, he just seems to really... When, when a match is on the line and you need a player to step up, I don't see myself turning to Mitchell Moses and he and he really lifts the lifts the side going forward. So that's got to be a worry for the Blues. But at the same token, I guess we'll never know unless he gets a chance to prove himself in the Origin Arena. So that's the second option for the Blues. And the third option is to bring the experienced head back in, Adam Reynolds. He played two games for the Blues in 2016. So not much experience in the State of Origin Arena, but he has won a premiership with the Rabbitohs. And the Rabbitohs have been a top four team for the last four years now. And uh, he's got one of the best kicking games in the comp. And he's probably the player out of all these that are most is most like Nathan Cleary in how well he can control the game and how pinpoint accurate his kicking game can be. So um, also he goal kicks, which, which is another asset that, that Cleary had as well. So um, there's three different options there. I personally would go with the Adam Reynolds option. Um, but I cannot fault Brad Fittler, as I said, if he chooses to go with a Luai-Widen combination considering how successful these 17 players have been for the Blues. And then maybe you put someone like Dale Finucane on the bench, or maybe that enters a spot to put Clint Gufson as New South Wales utility in the number 14 jersey. So um, the Blues have plenty of options. They're 2-0 up. Got a chance to go for a historic 3-0. So, you know, the pressure's all on Queensland, and, and the Blues just, they're out to to write their own history and to become a dominant team for the next five to 10 years. And at the moment, when you look at the difference on the two sides on paper, Queensland just couldn't fire a shot on Sunday night against the Blues. So uh, it's a great time to be a New South Wales Blues supporter, and it'll be interesting to see what decision they come with in game three. So um, anyway, I thought I'd just give my prediction there, and I'd, and I'd go Adam Reynolds to to replace Cleary at halfback for the third game of origin. All right, let's get into my round 16 match previews now. Big game tonight um, to start the round. Let's get to it. All right, so just to note that this game is going to be played in Newcastle tonight um, from McDonald Jones Stadiums. The Sydney Roosters moving their home game there against Melbourne. The action all kicks off at 7.50. Because New South Wales, um, you know, where I am also located, is in stage three lockdown. It's going to be an interesting week for uh, the NRL for sure. I don't believe this one will have any fans in attendance. Um, so we'll see if that makes a difference between these two sides. But the Roosters, they're a side that's been up and down. They've had so many injury dramas this year. So it's going to be interesting to see how they come up when they verse an absolute premiership heavyweight in the Melbourne Storm. They get Sam Walker back on board. He's been good for him this year. He's been great in his rookie season. But the big Melbourne forward, you think, are going to be out to target him. Tedesco backing up from Origin as well. And all the big guns... For Melbourne, I believe, are backing up, including Cameron Munster. Harry Grant still out with that hamstring problem, so Brandon Smith is in the nine jersey. They do have a spare hooker and Aaron Booth on the bench. But for me, this game really gets uh, gives the Roosters a chance to see where they are, they are in terms of this premiership race. A lot of people have wrote them off um, because of how many injuries problems they've had and how far they've had to go within their ranks and in their lower grades to, you know, field 17 each week. The Storm have had their injury problems this year as well. 
it's just going to be interesting to see how um, they can they can you know measure themselves up when they're versing the absolute best like the Melbourne Storm. So um, the Storm's still without Ryan Papperhausen as well. Nico Hines will continue his great job that he's been doing, filling in the back there at fullback. But I think this battle and this match is going to be won um, in the forwards. I think whoever can take control of the game early will really set the tempo of this game. And it's actually a good test for Melbourne because a lot of times you'll see the likes of Welsh and Kafusi and Bromwich and Finucane just uh, rip and tear and just get over the top of uh, opposition forward packs quickly. The Roosters, despite all their injury problems, still possess, in my opinion, one of the best uh, starting forward packs that the competition has. Hargraves, Atakiaho, Crichton, Tupanua, these guys um, are all, you know, tough, workhorse-like players. And I think that uh, I think that the Roosters have a chance to upset Storm early with a little bit of a niggle. And if they can kind of put Melbourne off their game, then they give themselves a chance in this match. But um, obviously, a lot of pressure is going to be put on the likes of Lachlan Liam and Sam Walker, the rookie halves. And we all know Craig Bellamy is a master coach. So if he spots any sort of weakness in an opposition team, he's going to get out there. He's going to get his troops to really expose it. And we'll see if the Roosters can counteract that tonight. Tedesco is going to have to have a huge game if uh, the Roosters are any chance and would have to carry that state of origin form over to club football. And I think that Tedesco, I mean, you look at him for tw- in these 2019 and 2020 seasons, he was without a doubt the best player in the competition and especially the best fullback in the competition. He's gone into origin and he's seen the likes of Tom Sarovic, um and co really run wild. Um, and, you know, his position as the game's best fullback has got a little bit of questions over it now, but he's the captain of the Blues. I think that he's going to, be looking for a strong end to the season outside of Origin now that they've accomplished that that Origin Series win. And I think that he's going to be electric here tonight for the Roosters. But I think the Storm, too much class, too much composure. Um, for the Roosters to have a chance in this game, it's going to have to be off the likes of uh, Tedesco combining well with the halves in Liam and Walker because they're going to have immense pressure off him, on him for sure. Um, Nelson Asofa Solomon is not playing tonight for the Storm. I think that's a big in because I think he would be running at those halves all night. But you've still got the likes of uh, the Bromwiches and Welsh and Finucane all putting pressure on him. So it's going to be a big ask there for the Roosters' halves and to keep their composure and keep the Roosters on track. Um, and we've seen... Over the last month or two of football, that their defence at sometimes can really drop off the Roosters. They had the Panthers down twelve nil in their last game, but then the Panthers just scored so many points so much so quickly, and Trent Robinson would not have been pleased at all by that. So you'd think with the week off, um, he would be definitely trying to tighten the screws in defence and getting these guys set for a big last eight nine rounds to try to cement, uh, you know, an unlikely top four result. But I think, as I said, the Storm, Bellamy's going to have these guys up, ready to go. And Cameron Munster, you expect to have a big game after a very disappointing uh, past month for him personally. So um, I've got the Storm in this game by 10 points. But I think the Roosters, if they can start the game early, they can really put themselves in this matchup. All right, Friday night football kicks off from 6 p.m. at Central Coast Stadium up there in Gosford. The New Zealand Warriors hosting the St. George Illawarra Dragons. The Warriors, during the the break in the NRL, has signed with Dallin Watine Zalesniak, former New Zealand captain. Um, effective immediately, he's going to slot into the wing for them. Roger Tuvavi Shek will uh, transition back into fullback because Reese Walsh has that hamstring injury that robbed him a debut in Origin 2. It's a big game for both of these sides. The Dragons... Uh, 
Still do not welcome back Zach Lomax, like was rumoured, but Jack DeBellin in the starting side, they do welcome back their origin um, star in Tariq Sims, and we'll see how they go. Dufty's back on board at fullback as well. So it's a big game for both of these teams. You look at the ladder, and you can see that whoever loses this game really puts themselves potentially out of touch. Um, well, not out of touch, but potentially in big trouble for their season. The Dragons are seven wins, eight losses. They find themselves in seventh position because of how, you know, one side of this competition has been in 2021. The Warriors find themselves with five wins and nine losses. So if the Warriors lose this game, you can pretty much kiss their season goodbye. They're going to be out to make sure they can get over the top of the Dragons early. And both teams, when you look at their last month or two of football, very inconsistent. For the Warriors, I, I just feel like they get Chad Townsend, uh, another another one that I forgot to mention. They got him from a mid-season transfer with, uh, from Cronulla just for the end of the year. He has played with the Warriors in the past. I think that him and Nick Arima, um have to combine well with RTS. They have to get him in the action as much as possible. But the platform by the forwards, Toe Harris is always inspirational. But to have guys like uh, Fenua Blake and... Kane Evans and Murdoch Masilla all back on board and all fit and firing at this stage of the season is good because they've lacked some of that go forward that guys like Vanua Blake have offered uh, at points this season. But it's just the same old problem for me when I look at the Warriors, and that is that they just seem to be getting fatigued too quickly too early, and there's just no commitment in defense. And you'd think Nathan Brown um, would be furious by that this year. So just like the Roosters, you hope the Warriors can tighten that up a little bit. The Dragons are a team that get into grinds in matches and then just can't capitalize. Um, it was a horrible loss against the Bulldogs uh, three weeks ago. They bounced it back two weeks ago in Wollongong with a gutsy win over the Raiders. But they just really do themselves no favors um, with just the hand, the completion rates poor. and They don't seem to know who's really in control of the team. Norman and McCulloch have been combining well, and Hunt has been having some good individual moments, but they just don't be, seem to be playing as a team at the moment, the Dragons. They just seem to be all individuals that don't really... And their defense has been solid, but they just don't really seem to have a game plan in matches. And Dufty's still playing for a contract, so you're going to hope that he can come in and have a big game. But this game is really just a toss-up between, between both sides. As I said, both teams are going to be desperate. They both need the win. If the Warriors lose 10 losses, 5 and 10, it's a big ask to come back and make the finals from that. So I just feel like even without Reese Walsh, the Warriors might just be a little bit more desperate than the Dragons in this game. The Dragons named the strongest lineup they have in a while, especially in the forward pack. But I don't know if they're going to be able to stop the likes of Harris and Fanua Blake early in the game. Whether the Warriors can maintain that energy through 80 minutes remains to be seen. But I've got the Warriors in this game Um in a bit of an upset. the Warriors, uh, I think they actually might be favourites, but it's an upset to me. The Warriors by eight in this matchup. Huge game for the second match of Friday Night Football. The Penrith Panthers hosting the Parramatta Eels from Blue Bet Stadium up there in Penrith. And of course, the big story that I mentioned earlier, Nathan Cleary will be out for at least three to six weeks. The Panthers have respond, uh, responded by putting Burden back to halves. Not a bad replacement to have. He's been great in the halves when he's given the opportunity this year. So he will combine with Luai Brett Naden will play his first game on the wing. Um, and, of course, Tyrone May will slot in um, into the centers this week. Charlie Staines going back and playing fullback because Dylan Edwards is hurt as well. So all the talk's been on the loss that Cleary has. When Dylan Edwards, well, he's been a, full, a fullback that's you know provided Penrith with 250-plus meters a game at the back. And I just don't know Charlie Staines offers the same service. He's going to be a different type of fullback for sure. They're versing a Parramatta side that, 
at times this season have been brilliant and they find themselves in the top four because of it. But when it comes to big games, like when they versed Seahawks a month ago, they just seem to not be 100% confident in themselves. I know they got a win against Melbourne early in the season, but that was a long time ago and Melbourne fed a lot of stars in this game. But 38-20, to 20, the Rabbitohs uh, demolished them um, back in round 12 and they just kept attacking that left side and, Pen- and Parramatta had no answers for them. So um, they've been good since then, but this is going to be a real test and a real chance for them to show their premiership credentials because they're versing a Penrith side that isn't at full strength. Um, they do get a lot of their stars back this week and they've only lost their two games this year when their origin starts to be out of action. But for Parramatta, this is going to be the chance to beat them. I mean, Penrith are going to be at their most vulnerable here um, probably for the rest of the year because they get the bye next week. So they won't have to play without Origin Stars again, you'd think. Um, but I don't think you can overstate the loss that Nathan Cleary has when he's not out there for Penrith. I mean, he's kicking games on point. He just links all the pieces together. He's really their key man. Man, and for, and for Penrith to win this game, it's going to have to be at the back of Jerome Lua. It's really going to take have to take ownership of this side. Mitchell Moses for Parramatta is going to be out to have a good performance to impress Brad Fittler and possibly get a debut in origin himself. Same with Clint Gufson. He's going to want back in that side. Um, it's a big challenge for both forward packers. I mean, it's going to be a huge battle between guys like Fisher-Harris and Kikia versus guys like Campbell Gillard and Nathan Brown and Isaiah, Isaiah Papali as well. So... I'm expecting fireworks in this game, and I expect them to be a very high-quality, very quick game of football. I don't know which way to go, to be honest. I mean, Kendrome Luai, I mean, he's a great player, and I actually had question marks, if you remember, about his State of Origin debut and how he would go in that arena. Well, he absolutely proved me wrong, and he dominated in that that arena. But we haven't seen Jerome Luai so much in his career. He control the whole side and really... Um, control it. Um, you'd think Burden would be sharing a lot of the kicking game with him, but Luai, for, pa- for Penrith to win and be successful in this next three to six weeks, he has to be the dominant playmaker because, he, he, because he's the one coming out of State of Origin. I mean, he's the one that's going to be at Penrith uh, for the long term. I mean, Burden signing with the Bulldogs next year. I'm pretty sure that deal's still going ahead. I think I'm going to have to go Parramatta in a four-point upset. Um, I think that they're just traveling along really nicely. And I think this win, uh, I think they're going to be treating this game like a green final to verse the benchmark without their best player, without potentially the best player in rugby league at the moment on board. Parramatta's got a real chance to cause a boil over here. And I think that they're really going to be fired up and ready to go for this match. Whether they can match the intensity that Penrith brings over an 80-minute you know, time frame yeah, over the whole game remains to be seen. But I think in this first 20, half an hour of the game, Parramatta can really put Penrith to the sword. And I just don't know whether Penrith have got the firepower without Cleary there to recover from that. And it, big pressure on both Burden and Luai's shoulders this week for sure. I've got Parramatta by four in a massive, massive update, uh, upset. All right, we're at- up to my favourite time of the week now, and Super Saturday action kicks off from 3pm when the Canterbury Bulldogs host the Manly Seagulls from Bankwest Stadium. The Bulldogs have had their concerns with the COVID-related issues over the last fortnight. Guys like Dylan Napper, Aaron Shoup, and Brennan Wakem all will have to quarantine for a few weeks, which would make Trent Barrett really upset. And then today we found out the news that Nick Kotrick will 
miss the rest of the season with a, a season-ending injury. So they've got concerns, and their concerns are, are going to be compounded because they're versus a Manly Seagull side that are red-hot at the moment. They've named Tom Trurovich and Cherry Evans to back up. It wasn't a great first-half time in that game against the Titans two weeks ago, but, man, did they fire on the points in the second. Question marks will still remain whether they can you know, match it with the heavyweights of this competition. Because let me tell you, if you're given a team an 18 or 20-point lead at halftime, like the Panthers or the Storm, Manly, as good as you are at attack and as good as Tom Shrurovich has been, uh, you're not going to come back and win the finals match that way. So, And you're not going to win a career final that way for sure. In saying that, Tom Shrurovich's streak of form has to be potentially the best I've ever seen. I mean, especially in the NRL era, Joey had some great run of matches there, 10 to 15 games, but I think that... And so did Ben Barber, speaking of which, back in 2012. But I think that Tom Shrurovich... Um, everything he's doing is having a positive impact on all around him, including Origin. The team just loves playing uh, with him and, and, you know, kind of feeding off the energy that he brings to a lineup. And mainly a red hot because of it. And I just think that this match is going to be an absolute bloodbath, unfortunately, for the Bulldogs. We know the so- kind of side they are. They're a grindy side, likes to get in the grind, but mainly just have way too many points at the moment. And this is without, you know, some of their guns in Schuster and Curtis Siren and still not available. So I mean Cherry Evans after you know after game one of Origin he backed up in a great display against the Cowboys where mainly one fifty to twelve without his star and Tom Tarovich. Both of them back on board this week, this could get ugly pretty quickly. I just don't know how the Bulldogs score enough points to win. And I, and even though Cole Flanagan finds himself recalled this week, which I think is a good improvement, I just think that Manly have way too many points in them, and I don't know how the Bulldogs can stop it. So, mainly by plenty for me, mainly by 30 in this game to start Super Saturday. Second game of Super Saturday, while the first game might be a bloodbath, the second game looks like it's going to be the snorefest of the ring under, and that's when Canberra Raiders host the Gold Coast Titans. Both of these teams have had disastrous 2021. For me, they're the two most disappointing teams in the competition. They're going to have to face each other and Canberra, they're 5-9. Gold Coast are 5-10 in their seasons, so their seasons are well and truly on life support, and it would be a miracle if one of these sides could you know, scrape into the finals from this point. For the Raiders, uh, they welcome back Jared Croker, who plays his first game since round seven. He replaces the young gun in Timiko, who was playing good football, but they get some leadership back there this week, and hopefully can expire, uh, inspire them to a victory against the Gold Coast Titan side that... Their defense has just been atrocious. I mean, I've, I've mentioned other teams so far this week, but they, in for mine, I know statistically teams like the Broncos are worse, and so I think might be the Tigers, but the Titans have been awful in defense, and especially over the last month or two, for a defensive coach like Holbrook, uh, you'd really feel for him because he would be absolutely frustrated and filthy with how this Gold Coast Tide's been going. I know some Titans fans have even been calling Holbrook to lose his job, and... To be honest, he's going to have a lot of pressure on him um, at the start of next year for sure because they're in a heap at the moment, the Titans, and uh, they started off well in that Manly game, but then it just all fell apart. The good news for them, however, they do have some troops back on board this week. Kevin Proctor comes back, so does Sam Osone, but the big end, AJ Brimson back at fullback, Corey Thompson on the wing. Those two were two of the men responsible for their early season form, and the Titans fans are going to be hoping they can get back to that, but... You know, for me, their forwards, in particular, Big Tino and Dave Fafita, they deserve 
a calling out by someone, and I haven't seen the media really do it. Fafita was awful in State of Origin. So was Big Tino. They didn't put a dent in the Blues at all, defensively, or with the football in the hands. They could have took it to the Blues forwards, but they just let them run all over them, and it was disgraceful, considering these two guys are supposed to be the big sightings for the Titans. Uh, you'd think they could go to the Queensland Arena and really dominate, but they did not do that. Fafita was in form early in the season, but for me, they have been disappointing over the last month or two. They're going to need to fire up their any chance against this Canberra Raiders side. Their halves have been disappointing, Taylor and, and Fogarty. But when you counteract that, it's the same thing as Canberra. Canberra can start matches as well. They can't finish. And uh, it's really frustrating to watch both of these sides. However, um, with how the Raiders are going, and, you know, they're going awful. But when you look at their side on paper, it's a side that can definitely score points and win matches. So I just, I think, I find it hard to tip the Titans here. I think they're just in a heap at the moment. And uh, I'll be tipping the Raiders to, to cover Gold Coast in this match. I've got the Raiders by 12. All right, the final game of Super Saturday will take place from 7.30, where the Newcastle Knights host the North Queensland Cowboys from McDonald Jones Stadium. The Knights returning to the winner's circle with the return of Mitchell Pearce. It wasn't done easy against the Warriors two weeks ago, but they did end up winning that game. I believe it was 10-6. to six. Um, So they're... They're coming off a win. The Cowboys, well, they were traveling along very nicely a month ago, and it's kind of fallen apart since then. Consecutive losses uh, to Cronulla and Manly um, have really got this team back to where it was near at the start of the season. Todd Payton was exposed to a COVID contact, so he's not going to be the head coach for the next two weeks. That'll be taken by Jason Rolls, um, who will make it. No, sorry, not Jason Rolls. Dean Young, who will make his coaching debut um, this weekend in the first grade competition. So it's going to be interesting to see how these two teams go. It's kind of like the uh, the Raiders and the Titans in terms of whoever loses this game puts their season on life support. But both of these sides are playing a little bit better than uh, the Titans and the Raiders. The Knights in particular, this is a key game because they've got some of their key men back on board. Now Pierce is back and he kind of had a quiet return um, but he his kicking game is going to be looked at as a very important asset, and it's the first time, uh, pretty much all year, that you're going to have uh, Ponga, Pierce, uh, and Braley on the same side, and then you recruit Jay Clifford gets a chance to play alongside them. So this is really going to be Newcastle's spine moving into the next few years, and it's going to be an important game to see how they go and just get the feeling of how each other plays, and um, hopefully Clifford can really just. Uh, just uh, join that flawlessly. But we'll see how it goes. I mean, the Cowboys, they're going to be desperate. Uh, Valentine Holmes will bounce back and uh, will recover uh, from a bit of a knee injury to take his place in this game that he suffered in Game 2. They welcome back Kyle Felt from Origin Duties as well. Scott Drinkwater and Tom Deed. Now, this is the challenge because Jake Clifford was, you know, a former Cowboys player. They were winning some games with him. And, uh, no, they moved Tom Deed over there early and took Clifford and let him go down to the Knights. It's going to be a real test and a real battle between those two um, to see who gets a sanity and what team got the better deal for the rest of 2021. But for me, the forward pack is a bit of a mismatch for me here. The Cowboys, guys like Cohen Hess, McLean, Wright, Dunn, Tamalota, all their starting pack have been pretty disappointing this season. And you look at the Knights pack on paper, both the Saifidi brothers, Barnett, Lachlan Fitzgibbon, uh, Clemmer coming off the bench with Connor Watson. I just feel like the Knights are going to be able to get over the Cowboys 
easy and over their forwards easy and really can score some points and try to get their season back on track this game. And unfortunately for the Cowboys, who I had as wooden spooners, they've been a lot better than that to their credit. I just feel like this is a, really a rebuilding gear for them. And the fact that they don't even have their head coach that can physically attend uh, their training sessions and the games at the moment, uh, everything's kind of pointing towards a Newcastle victory for me. So I've got the Knights in this game uh, by 22. I think it's going to be the Knights 13 plus. I think they're going to cover the Cowboys pretty easily in this one and really try to kickstart the second half of their season. All right, Sunday football kicks off from 2 p.m. when the Brisbane Broncos host the Cronulla Sharks up there at Suncorp Stadium. Kevin Walters has been joined over the last fortnight by new recruit Ben Eichard, who will become the head of football and really work uh, with the club for retention and get that part of the club going well after all the rumours about a lot of players' exits. Uh, he, they have shut down the Broncos since Ben Eichard joined them. They've shut down the immediate releases of Matt Lodge and Tevita Pengai Jr. for the rest of this year. Uh, and the Broncos have responded by all these changes in the in the back office by naming a vastly different team uh, from last week. I mean, Tessie New remains fullback, but Corey Oates and Asako back in the side get recalls on the wing. The halves are different. Tyson Gamble combining uh, with Brody Croft as the halfback this week. Forward pack, TC Rapati finds himself starting. Their bench gets a little bit of a makeover as well, so... The Broncos fielding a vastly different team. This is kind of like uh, Kevin Walters just experimenting with the side, seeing what works, because it, let's be honest, it's been a disaster year for the Broncos. They're trying to salvage what they can from it, uh, but I think the key at the moment there, and especially since Ben Eichen's got there, is to see what players that they're going to invest in with the future, because 2021's a write-off. Huge pressures on season 2022 for him now after, you know, getting the wooden spoon in 2020 and potentially getting a wooden spoon this year. The Broncos are going to be able to avoid that wooden spoon, but they've really got to focus on the future and where their long-term goal is. And I think Ben Eichen's a good recruitment, uh, someone that is a good recruitment officer. And I think he's a good man to have in there. They've also a Cronulla team that, on the other hand, is pretty settled. Sean Johnson... Uh, is starting to hit some form since he's got back from injury. None of these players had to play Origin, so they've really had the week off um, to kind of reset and refocus and make a run for this top eight that they find themselves in. There's six wins, eight losses for this season, but they still find themselves in the top eight. I don't think we've seen the best football from Cronulla this year. But for me, this is a bit of an interesting game because the Broncos are going to be desperate. Guys like Corey Oates, Asako, really going to be out to make sure that they can stay in first grade for the rest of the year, especially Corey Oates. I mean, from what I'm hearing, he was heartbroken to be, you know, cut from the Broncos' side and to be dropped this year and last. And I think that he's really going to be out to make the most of his opportunity. The halves combination, we'll see how it fires, but the forward pack really has to match this Cronulla forward pack because I think Cronulla's forward pack a little bit underrated. Guys like Toby, Toby Rudolph have done a really good job over the past two years. They got Wade Graham and, and Talakai and all these sorts of guys in as well. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how they go, but I feel like Cronulla just have a bit too much firepower against Brisbane in this contest. I feel like Candy. Moyland and Johnson are all combining well with Braley. And I think that Cronulla just got too much points for Brisbane. But don't expect... I don't think an upset is out of the cards for Brisbane. I think they can really take the fight to the Sharks because I feel like they've got some new motivation for the rest of the season. 
and potentially they can find themselves avoiding that wooden spoon. So um, big ask for Brisbane for the rest of the season, but I think that eventually some of these changes are going to stick and Kevin Walters is going to get the performances that he desires from his players at some point. Whether it's this week remains to be seen. All right, which leads us to the final game of the round. Sunday from 4 o'clock, the West Tigers at Leichhardt Oval coming up against the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Both of these teams are going to be looking for a big performance. The Tigers historically have a great record against South at Leichhardt. Earlier this year, we saw an absolute classic game, which went to Golden Point and saw the Tom, big Tom Burgess barge over to win the game. And then Luke Brooks, after that, almost scored in the other end. If the He would have won the game for the Tigers if the decision wasn't awarded that Tom Burgess did put the ball down and scored that match winner. So these teams have a big history against each other. For South, they welcome back their origin stars, Latrell Mitchell, um, Damien Cook, Cam Murray, all coming back. Their halves are set. Reynolds and Walker back and, and firing as they were in that game against Broncos for the bye. Benji Marshall back on the bench for, for Seahawks. First thing, uh, Tigers side that changes a minimal. Adam Dewey finds himself back in the side and Tommy Talia's yet. Ken Marlowe still settling in after a mid-season move from the Warriors. It's the kind of the same deal, like I said, with a lot of teams for the Tigers. It's really do or die this week in regards to their season. As I said, they have a really good record against Seahawks at home, but Seahawks for me, they're just kind of running into this second half of the season on the back of some of these players' incredible form that's starting to come out. Alex Johnson's been great on the wing for Seahawks over the last month. Um, Cody Walker's been in excellent form. Latrell Mitchell comes and brings in his origin form back to Seahawks. With the injury to Nathan Cleary at Penrith, I think that Seahawks can see an opportunity here to try to potentially sneak into the top two at some point and really give this premiership a shake. I mean, I know they've conceded at 50 points twice this season. No one's ever won the premiership after conceding a 50-point margin ever in the history of rugby league in Australia since 1908. But with the new rules for how quick the game's gotten, maybe eventually that record can be broken. I don't know if it can. I guess we'll find out. But I think if any team can do it, Seahawks can give it a shake because... Their attack, you look at this firepower of the field, is outstanding. The only thing I'd like to see is um, Seahawks potentially just tighten up a little bit better in defense, and that's been my criticism for the side over the last few years. But they they kept, even though it was only Brisbane, they kept the team to nil their last game. I think they're starting to you know understand that come September, they're going to need to be at their best because it's Adam Reynolds last year at Seahawks, it's Wayne Bennett's last year at Seahawks. Their premiership window, without a doubt, is closing. I think they are starting to understand that urgency, and I expect a pretty good performance on Sunday against the Tigers. And the Tigers, you know, who knows what Tigers we're going to see? Um, and and Michael Maguire is going to try to get them up and rearing for this game, especially when you consider that history and how they good they've been against the Rabbitohs at home. But I just think that Seahawks have way too much firepower, and I think they're going to be laser focused and really trying to to get their performances as good they can, as they can be before the final series and try to cement a top four spot for sure. So I've got the Seahawks in this game by 16. Tigers will remain in the fight for a while, but Seahawks probably be just a bit too strong for me. Right, well, those are my footy tips for round 16. Sorry, my throat's been very sore since I started recording this podcast, losing my voice. Uh, it's definitely flu season as well as COVID season around here. I don't have COVID, just the flu, but... Uh, it's been a bit rough, this podcast. Let's go to the best of the week, however. And I think if you're looking for value this week, look no further than a multi where you have Melbourne 
uh, to beat the Roosters, just head-to-head in that game, and chuck that in with Manly 13+. plus. Again, not playing, paying much against the Bulldogs, only a dollar twenty-four thirteen plus. Chuck those two in with Cronulla, and I think that's my lock of the week. Cronulla to beat the Broncos. Those three markets give you $2.10. I think that's value, and I think that's easy money, so... That is my bet of the week. Thank you guys again for checking out Steve's NRL Footy Tips for round 16. If you haven't, please like the Facebook page at Steve's NRL Footy Tips. Subscribe to all the podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts. Let's make the rest of the 2021 even bigger than it's ever been uh, for the show. And hopefully, uh, I can make 2022 even better and bigger and better. Uh, and especially having some more guests on. It's been tough with COVID. It's tough again because New South Wales is locked down. But I want to thank you guys for all your support so far this year. Enjoy your football this weekend. And I'll see you guys next week on the show.